Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Spiritual means to breathe. It's to move energy. It's the art of moving energy in body so you can control your states. You can have self-control. You can control yourself. And through that, you can create more awareness about who you really are. And, and through spirituality, we can actually become better people. We can develop areas of the brain that deal with compassion, with, with um, forgiveness, with love. And this is what the mindfulness Tibetan monks were trying to tell us, you know, that through meditation, you can do this. One of the problems with meditation these days, um, and why is, and this is another piece of work I'm trying to achieve through this, is that a lot of mindfulness has lost its real message and meaning. A lot of people in the mindfulness world are, are almost preaching you to um, accept the world as it is, you know, and to go inwards, to to become almost numb to all of the things that's going on in society. No, that's not what meditation was about. It's not about forgetting and, and, and uh, dissolving into nothingness so that uh, the world doesn't matter anymore. It's not about escaping. Actually, really it's about becoming a renegade it's becoming somebody who can use this meditative state to really understand to listen to the heart and listen to the gut and listen to the whole brain and really listen to what is going on in the world and how can i become a problem solver how can i become creative how can i think outside the box I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Neeraj, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, it is my pleasure to have you here. So I was actually introduced to you by way of your publicist who told me a little bit about what you do, uh, all of which we will get into. And uh, I think given the nature of your work, I thought this would be a very fitting question to start with. And that is, uh, what spiritual and religious beliefs were you brought up with as a child? Okay, well, I was born in the UK to uh, Indian immigrant uh, parents who came over um, from, actually my dad was from Africa, from Uganda, um, and my mum from India. And I was raised in a Hindu, like, uh, family, but they were, they were loosely religious. They, you know, they did the traditional practices as, as you would, you know, in the community. But to be honest, my dad is an atheist Mm. and my mum, I think, is too just I think over the years they became more and more disillusioned with with their own belief systems um however I probably that out of all of our um family members and immediate family and probably the most uh curious and um and involved in in these spiritual practices yeah so you know I wonder with your dad being from Uganda your mom being from India uh what are the differences in culture that come from somebody who is an Indian who is you know pretty much uh born and raised in Africa it sounds like versus uh somebody who comes from India and you know what what did you notice about the differences uh what were the clashes and how do they integrate the two uh that's an interesting question uh well actually it's really more to do I think with um, in my parents' case, my dad came from um, the, the village, and my mum came from the city. So in India, and um, and if you look, a lot of the Indians who went over to Africa, they they were generally more the kind of farmer types, you know, the people who worked in, on farms and in mines and things like that. Because my my grandparents were um, they worked in sulfur mines. So there's a very different um like way of life from people who live in the gum the village mm. versus the the academic uh city people and the city people uh tend to be more westernized modernized more into um kind of the uh british way of life versus the the gum mentality the village mentality which was more into the traditional indian way of life they they tend to be um people who um keep the the practices the rituals um more mm. uh as part of the culture and like both my parents are brahmins mm-hmm. but there's still a very big difference between uh the brahmins from the village versus the academic brahmins and you know so actually that created quite a culture clash between my mum and dad they they didn't have a very 
um, successful marriage, I'd say. But, and a lot of it was to do with this um, lack of uh, similarity between the two cultures. Yeah. You know, the more traditional values versus the more Western values. Mm. Yeah, I think it's interesting yeah. that your mom, despite being from India, was the one who had what sounded like the more Western values, and your dad, being outside of India, had the more traditional values. Like that's a that's a strange yeah. paradox to me. Yeah, well, I'd say more the grandparents. And my dad was he he's a kind of funny character. He's he's kind of very atheist. Science, you know, he he isn't very much like traditional at all. Mm. But he's a he's the odd one out. You know, yeah. he's, he's a, he's an anomaly to it, but my, yeah. But if you look at the, my mum and the grandparents, uh, his parents, like there's a huge difference in the, in the cultures. Uh-huh. You know, one being very traditional, you should be, you should be a housewife kind of mentality. Okay. And my mum's side is more like, no, I mean, mum's a doctor. So it's more, no, the woman is, you know, equal to the uh-huh. man and it's a very different culture. Yeah. Clash. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about it from the standpoint of, you know, some basics. What other ways did you notice that that culture clashed? Like, what are the differences uh, other than sort of this narrative of, oh, you know, you're a woman, either you stay at home or, you, you know, your mom's a doctor. Like, what are the other things that you noticed growing up that you saw as big differences? Well, I would say, um, like, my mom's side is very much more academically motivated. You know, mm-hmm. they're much more about um, be the best you can possibly be study, 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 work your hardest, become a doctor, become a lawyer and all of that. And actually that's quite common amongst Indians in general, immigrant Indian families in general, you know, you either become a doctor, pharmacist or a lawyer, but my dad's side, the, the, the people who, um, as I said, my dad's a little bit of an odd one out, but generally there was more, um, towards, business and mer- um, being a merchant, selling things, trading, uh, import, export. And like some of my dad's uh, school friends are like some of the most successful Indians in the UK. You know, they, mm. they, they, they really did well. Like the Patels and Shahs, mm. you may know, are like they're just known notorious for business and being good at trading. Whereas my mum's side is much more academic, much more about become a doctor, be a research scientist, you know, do yeah. something academic. Um, that was definitely like a key thing, um, between the two. And I think also in terms of how much attention was paid towards the religion, you know, Mm -hmm. my mum's side, not so much, but my dad's side was very much like, you know, they, they would follow more strict Hindu values and beliefs, you know, and also they're more traditional about who you marry and, um, you know, the kinds of people you, you should bring home. Yeah. yeah. Or not at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, more strict. Or more strict for sure. Yeah. So you said that that they uh that they became disillusioned with uh their own belief system. What do you think caused that? Like what do you think really w- was the seed that that began that? And why do you think that happened? I think um a belief in God um comes quite often from uh how um, how how successful or how how much of the things that you wished for came to you mm. so in my mum and dad's case um my dad's had so many setbacks like he 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 married probably the wrong life partner so he was always in an unhappy marriage you know which he didn't feel he could get out of because of cultural kind of yeah. boundaries um he also um, had many setbacks. He, you know, got made redundant and couldn't get a job. It was an old age, you know, uh, relatively old age to try and get a job again in the corporate world. He came from the corporate world, so he, you know, the corporate world is just cutthroat place. You know, um, it's. I mean, just to have a job in the corporate world could be enough to put you off um, anything to do with religion and the belief mm-hmm. in higher power, because just see how um, how people operate on that level. Um, and I think also ju- it is just a case of over the years, my dad's just seen so many hardships and so many struggles and just things going on in the world. It's just, he's, he's kind of a more of a negative mindset, mm-hmm. much more of a negative. He's much more of a pessimist compared to my mum. Yeah. 
mum's much more of a, a optimist and lover of life and you know she still does the puja every day uh-huh. she does all of that every day she doesn't really believe in the brahma vishnu shiva type ideology but she still kind of does the rituals every day yeah and she has her own kind of understanding and i think that's really happen happening a lot now where um my generation and the generation below especially every time i've been to india and um spent time with like cousins and things i mean they have really become westernized um mm-hmm. in their culture like I, it's almost like i'm reteaching them about their own culture you know yeah coming from england it's really strange yeah i, yeah. I mean i went to india for the first time in 10 years uh in december of last year and i was pretty blown away by how how much it had become westernized yeah it's extremely westernized and and a lot of the bad habits um like the binge drinking like binge drinking and, and eating junk food uh-huh. i couldn't believe how common it is it's like a normal everyday yeah i mean in england this was like something you did at, at, you know period like when you were younger but right it seems like this is like now become the norm in, uh-huh. in india um which is quite sad to see like especially when you see like a queue of people queuing up at mcdonald's yeah when there's like Ooh. all these uh-huh. empty curry houses you know with amazing delicious like real food you know uh-huh. but there's queues for mcdonald's yeah with, it's just it's just amazing i can't believe it yeah um, <laughs> so uh, uh, what from one uh it i noticed you you mentioned sort of you know uh your parents you know your dad felt that he he was trapped in this marriage and for you know cultural reasons we didn't separate and i thought a lot about that you know as indian people i think you know in our generation uh people aren't staying together just because society says that's what you're supposed to do and i remember having this you know really weird conversation with a matchmaker who was like oh yeah people here just give up when things get hard and, you know, on the flip side of that, so my argument is, well, look, why would you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody who's making you so miserable, even if it, you know, uh, is culturally appropriate? And I, I just wonder, yeah. what decisions did you make, not just about um, relationships, but about living your life in general from witnessing the life of your parents? So, yeah, yeah, actually, that's a really good question, because actually a lot of um, what I've done in my life is the opposite of the advice that I was given from my parents, you know, mm-hmm. because I did everything they said they, they, I mean, and it's, they, they're not to blame for any of my problems. It's just, right. they, this is just the case, you know, and we, we're all repeating, um, whatever we know, you know, no, like full dogmas basically. Um, and the idea that you should, um, get a safe, secure job at university, you should, um, marry and settle down with the first person you meet. And all of these things, these, these are not just, uh, Indian belief systems. These are, these are quite common in, in, in the modern world, you know, mm-hmm. or especially in our generation. Um, yeah. these were just the beliefs that were given to us because, uh, it helps us become more secure and stable and it made sense at the time. So for me to try and become a pharmacist or a doctor would, would really give me a good head start in life for sure mm-hmm. now the problem is is that the way the the western education system is set up is that it f- f- uh, pushes you into a line at, with a big commitment um that you could become your light way of life for, for, for forever yeah there's a lot of people who go and become doctors they spend 20 years studying and at the end of it they're heavily in debt they hate what they do they married someone because their parents said that that's who they should marry and blah, blah. And they're miserable. And I have friends like that who are absolutely miserable because mm-hmm. they work so hard and they haven't got anything to, to show for it. Now I got, I got sucked into the whole pharmacy thing. Um, you know, I actually had the grades to, to be a dentist and doctor if I wanted to, but, um, I actually went for the degree, which I thought would be the easiest. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I wanted to be a pharmacist or anything like that. Yeah. I did it because I really wanted to do music. I was really into music and very entrepreneurial. And my parents didn't even know for a while that I was running one of the biggest raves in the UK. Mm. Like it was something that I did without them even knowing about it. And they, they thought that I just ran a little uh, party with some friends because they, they knew that I liked making music and performing, but they had no idea the scale of what I was doing. And I always thought that I was going to become 
the DJ, the musician, the rock star, you know, all that stuff. That was my ambition. And actually when um, I, um, I was doing quite well, I was quite successful, but what happened was there was a point where um, I lost everything. I almost lost everything overnight and I had to change um, my life pretty dramatically because basically the event that I ran, the club um, got shut down because there was a shooting that happened at not my night, but another night. And it meant that the club had to get got forced to be shut down. Now I was in the middle of my finals. So I had to either um, like make a decision, either I go and try and fix this event, find a new venue, move everything. It was a 2000 people event every month for three years, or I finished my degree and finished my finals. And my parents, when they found out, I was literally, I'd been five years at university and I was going to quit at the right at the end and go and try and salvage this night. My parents went ballistic, obviously. And they, they were like, no, 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 you have to finish your degree. You must finish it. And, you know, in hindsight, you could say, oh, this was, I should have followed my bliss. But actually everything I'm doing now, like it actually, it's really good that I was a pharmacist. It uh-huh. gives me the right qualifications, credentials to deliver yeah. what I'm doing now. Uh-huh. So in hindsight, they actually guided me in the right way. So, you know, it's, it's all worked out good in the end. But I think there's a lot of things uh, that we need to start being aware of now is that are these degrees gearing us up um, to do jobs that we really want to do? And are they really even of value anymore to society? Mm-hmm. And should we be doing um, jobs purely based on and studying degrees purely for security um, because is security even really a thing anymore? Like, you know, yeah. a lot of jobs are getting automated. Actually a pharmacist now, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like before they used to get 30 pounds an hour or, you know, on average um, for doing locum work, which is like relief work, which is like where you get paid like the top dollar. Now, it's like 17 pounds, 16 pounds an hour, because a lot of pharmacy jobs are getting automated. Mm-hmm. So even in the healthcare profession, jobs are starting to slowly get automated. So what was considered secure before wasn't. And this is why like now, I, I mean, I, I really believe as parents, we should um, start to encourage uh, uh, parents to observe child's talents uh, other than how well they can learn things off by heart and regurgitate the facts. It's like, what other things, what other skills can we develop like in children? You know, I was really, really into music, but my parents never gave me a single piano lesson. They never gave me any, they didn't put me into any of those classes. You know, it was all, everything I did was academically orientated. Yeah. But um, God knows what I'd maybe be doing now if I had really been like really perfecting that side of my, 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 um, my skills. And I think that there's a lot of Indian kids who have incredible talents, but they get ignored. And, um, and these talents, these creative skills, this, this right side of the brain development. And I can tell you a little story about some of the schools I've visited in India who are doing some amazing things with this. Um, these skills, even just learning to play an instrument with two hands, it develops the whole brain. And when you can develop the whole brain, the function of the whole brain, um, it makes children think outside of the box. It makes children more aware of how to solve problems, mm-hmm. much more um, in command of their own, own lives and creativity. And this is what I think needs to now, this, this is what's really missing in schools and it needs to come back. And mm. I've seen this actually happen in India, believe it or not, in private schools in India in a dramatic way. So, Yeah. This is what I'd encourage parents to do. Yeah, well, it's uh, I can relate. It's funny because I think even uh, the composer A.R. Rahman has started a music conservatory in India because he thinks that uh, you know we need to encourage more Indians to pursue careers in the arts. Uh, we and we don't yeah. for, for the very reasons you're talking about. But I think it, it's mm-hmm. also interesting that you brought up that you know you wouldn't be where you are had your parents not guided you down that path. And I even you know as as many times as I feel that you know the path that my parents prescribed was wrong. 
a lot of the lessons mm-hmm. that came from that path in terms of discipline, in terms of showing up consistently to do something, in terms of work ethic, all were the result of that prescription. Uh, so yes. you know, Robert Greene, the author, always says that, you know, there's no experience in your life that should be thought of as wasted. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think with age, you find that to be more and more true. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, I have no regrets whatsoever. I think, yeah. I mean, I have absolute love and respect for my parents. They did the best they could at the time. And it's really set me up in an amazing, remarkable way that I can't you know, even begin to explain how yeah. uh, the magic, magic they put it together. So, yeah. Uh. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears and let's let's actually start talking about the work that you do. Uh, you know, I think yeah. that part of what, what caught my attention about this was the fact that it was you know based on something so simple like breath. I never realized that there was so much depth to something so simple. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, even despite talking to a lot of meditation teachers, and that was definitely what intrigued me about your work. So, how in the world did you get from you being a pharmacist to doing what you do today? And and what exactly is it that you do? <laughs> Yeah, great question. So, so actually, as I said, I was a pharmacist. So um, I actually worked in the community pharmacy, uh, and this was after a, a period of being being a DJ producer and, and 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 in a completely different field of work. And it was going into pharmacy where I really, really 
discovered the state of of the system of healthcare that's going on in in the UK, and which I know is very similar in in other places in the world. And it was basically like a huge eye opener for me because the reason I did pharmacy was okay, partly also to do with the fact that it was a profession where you're helping people, right? With this, I thought you're actually genuinely solving problems and you're helping people get better. So I thought it would be an honorable career path to go down. The moment I started working in the pharmacy, I saw exactly what it is. And a pharmacist is really just a, uh, a peddler of medicines for big pharma. Like whether we like it or not, it's exactly what it is. You know, they're, they're not doing the, be- the code of ethics states that you must use your professional judgment to do what's right for your patients. Uh-huh. And that rule is being broken every single day, especially in the areas of chronic health and dealing with things like depression, heart disease, um, uh, mental health, uh, cancer, even arthritis, autoimmune. All of these chronic health uh, conditions are not solved by drugs. Uh, they can, in emergency situations, it, drugs can help, but on the long term, they are the worst things that you can give to patients because they're just a band-aid for really what's going on. Mm-hmm. The root cause of people's chronic health issues is a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual disturbance that's going on. And actually, the Latin root mer- meaning of the word spiritual means to breathe, actually, and spirit and breath and energy consider the same thing in the ancient world so and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit but so i when i was working in the pharmacy we were very encouraged to um uh get people compliant with taking medicines we're very yeah. encouraged to to cross sell um remedies for for patients say you're coming for the flu you can sell them like four different things to try and bung up you know the, the nose you're not running anymore and to get rid of the pains in the head and all of these things um when actually just drinking like water with some fresh lemon and the and rehydrating yourself yeah. may be better than all of those things put together right. so um the pharmacists are very much in engaged in selling stuff selling 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 and getting people onto a conveyor belt of medications with the aim to then have them on like a laundry list of of um medications uh-huh. and what i saw was that people were just going away shopping bags full of drugs every month and i just couldn't believe it and and the way you're working in the pharmacy is you you have very little time with the patient maybe you have one or two minutes to actually speak to a patient and really what you're doing is just uh putting pills into bags and handing them out putting labels onto boxes and you're just like a conveyor belt sending out drugs sending out drugs and you're really, you're more like a factory worker, uh-huh. really, like, you know. So the doctor even only gets five minutes with a patient. The doctor gets very little time as well. So I saw there was a huge problem here. It was like, there's no patient care time. There's no time with a patient. People are way too busy, overworked. So the system's completely broken. So what I did was I, well, I started to get very depressed, firstly, and I started to lose all my interest in the job. And I started to get sick myself. So I started to go on a search to um, find ways to help me. And in doing so, I, I, I came across some people like Tony Robbins, um, who was a big eye-opener. And he talked a lot about health and talked, I mean, some of the stuff he talked about, like, you know, maybe it's not so accurate now from what we know now, but it made a lot of sense back then. Like some things on diet, like acid alkaline diets and things like that. And I thought, okay, let me, if I, if this works for me, let me just see if I can try out in the, in the pharmacy with the patients. So I started to actually start devising ways to help the patients, um, with the very little time that I had. And I came up with this sh- healthy shopping list system where a patient came in, I'd be able to quickly give them exactly the shopping list they need to get better. So this is based on like things they can buy from the local grocery store. And those who went over and bought the things I recommended, we're getting better really quickly. And before I knew it, I had doctors phoning me up, like asking me, like, what am I doing? Like, this is amazing. And keep going and all this stuff. 
So that actually got me fired from my first job as a pharmacist, uh, but it then ended up getting me promoted to the head office of one of the biggest corporations in the world. Uh, um, and in the UK, they own the biggest supermarket chain. And actually, this is where I was about to carry out a, a new project, um, this healthy shopping list service, where people will be able to get like food based on their conditions, like especially for things like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, like people with very high cholesterol problems, to get them um, off factory-based foods and onto real foods. This was another big thing that I saw was how conditioned people were into eating processed foods. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So I was just teaching people how to be just human again, uh-huh. basically. Stop being robots and be human. And it was about to be launched. The whole thing was about to go ahead. But then it, the some of the legal team and, and some of the managers clocked onto how renegade this system was, actually. And telling people to get off factory-based foods was probably not such a good um profit motive for the um for the yeah for the uh the corporations so in the end they shelved the idea and this was when i just broke down like i i just couldn't believe it this is when i actually lost my faith in god and humanity and everything and actually this exactly when i remember the day very clearly when i kind of like made my pact of becoming an atheist and i was like there's no such thing as god this is all bullshit God doesn't like humans if, you know, obviously. And I had this, I just became very unspiritually connected and disillusioned. And I remember this day very clearly, boom. And that's when the symptoms kicked in of the colitis for the first time. And I, so I, I developed an autoimmune condition called ulcerative colitis. And that left me housebound for a year. I was like shitting blood like 40 times a day. And I had... I was like, I I pretty much surrendered to the healthcare profession because I was like, well, you know, I, I I just didn't have any faith in anything that I was talking about in terms of alternative health. And I just surrendered to whatever they said, because also Clyde is a very, very crazy condition. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're going to the toilet like 40 times a day, you're bleeding. Yeah, I lost three stone in weight. So I was desperate. So I did, and I tried all of the things that were considered healthy in the beginning. Uh-huh. So I went on this raw food vegan diet that made it 10 times worse. You know, I tried everything that was considered correct. I went on this juice fast. All of these things made it 10 times worse. That's why I kind of gave up on this alternative health stuff. And then like, I remember like, well, they say that God stands for gift of desperation. And actually I remember this one time when I was so, so desperate uh-huh. and that's when God comes to you when you're the most desperate. Yeah. And they are now a very dear friend of our family, Swami Ambikananda. She came to our rescue. She was friends of the family. And she basically said to me, look, you've got a gift here. If you can heal yourself naturally, um, and I know you can do it because you've done it. You've helped other people do it you will be an amazing role model to other people. So, you know, with your pharmacy background and what you've gone through, you could really inspire a lot of people. And that gave me a big aha moment. And she said, what you need to do is learn um, the foundations of pranayama, mm-hmm. which is the, the school of breathwork from ancient India. Pranayama, which means energy control. Uh, uh, foundations of Ayurveda and um, yoga and obviously at first I was like just really didn't want to go down that road because I just thought it was all kooky and yeah. and all god related and bullshit and <laughs> the way she explained it to me it actually scientifically made so much sense uh-huh. so that's what really uh, kind of kicked me into gear about going into these areas wow. with a lot of depth and I learned some really ancient like uh, techniques uh-huh. for controlling the autonomic nervous system. Okay. And this is the thing. So we've been conditioned out of this control that we have of our own autonomic nervous system. And, you know, we give the, the power away to other people. So the autonomic nervous system is the part of the, our nervous system that controls all of the things we take for granted. So your heart rate, immune system, digestive system, your moods, your hormonal system, temperature, lots of things that 
basically run on autopilot that allows us to enjoy life. Otherwise, we'd be completely overwhelmed with trying to deal with all these functions. And it's a very clever system. However, under stress, it can go out of sync. And the yogis figured out how we can actually control these through our own um, breath, Mm -hmm. using our breath and other uh, like uh, parts of the body that I'm going to talk about in a bit more depth. But basically, they already developed the system of autonomic control. And over the years, a few people came over and proved to scientists that we can control the autonomic nervous system. Scientists, though, have said that we can't control it. And the only way to control it is through drugs, through um, machines, through surgery, things like that. Right. Now, one guy, Swami Rama, came over in the 70s and he did all kinds of experiments where stopped his heart for like um, 12 seconds. Um, He changed the body temperature of one hand up for it by several degrees, the other hand down by several degrees. All kinds of weird stuff um, that, you know, baffled the scientists. Then Wim Hof came over recently in more recent times and Uh he did experiments, showed that you can influence your immune system. He's a very close friend of mine. And me, myself, I cured myself of chronic illness. And the way I did that was using the same techniques that these guys were doing. It's all based on pranayama and these tantric yoga techniques. Mm. So, so when I healed myself um, by going back to this source, I, re- I, set, I made a pact this time. That I'm going to do whatever I can to find out why these things work and put science to it so that I can then inspire other people. Because I was like, well, I've got to give back what, what was given to me. Uh. So I just expanded on the work of what well, my Swami had put together, and I, start, I went on a big mission to, to meet all these amazing people around the world who developed all these abilities. Um, and boom, next thing I know, you know, I've, everything I'm doing is really helping, taking off. I've got this big coaching business based around um, these techniques. Yeah. And then that evolved into our online school, somabreath.com, which teaches you the foundations of breath work. And I've created this one practice, this routine, which it not only does it give you the power to tap into your own autonomic nervous system, uh-huh. but it also takes you into these high and meditative states. Mm. It's like a high ritual magical technique for you to be able to go in and reprogram your unconscious mind to 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 change the programming to change the imprinting yeah. to reprogram yourself to be more creative to be more in the flow to to achieve the things that you want mm. and it's been really amazing like we've we've been doing this at festivals we, i run a festival in thailand where i live and we've been taking on tour around the world i'm currently in ibiza it started to blow up here i've got like big djs involved um getting involved with it and it's all revolves around music so one of the things actually I noticed and in the olden days when I was a DJ and a musician was that, you know, there's two types of music. There's music, which has um, more of a purpose to it. And then there's the music, which is just this trashy music, this mainstream music. And, but the key thing is that music creates culture. Yeah. And I hated, actually, to be completely honest, the kind of culture that was being created by not just the this commercial music, but the, even the dance music at the time, it started to create this kind of dark culture, this druggy, mm-hmm. boozy, yeah. like kind of darkness in culture. And that was another pact I wanted to make was to put a message of meaning back into the music. And boom, this Soma technique, it, it hits all of those. Yeah. It, 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 it basically ticks all of those boxes. Wow. So this is the future of, of what I'm I'm doing now, and it's it's been an yeah. amazing journey. I mean, it sounds to me. I mean, I was I was thinking about how I would sum this up, you know, because I'd have to come up with the title for this. But it sounds like to me, what you're doing is teaching people how to access their vitality through this through their spirituality. Yes, the spirituality. Let's take away this idea of God. What yeah. spirit means is spiritual means to breathe. It's to move energy. It's the art of moving energy in body, so you can control your states. You can have self-control you can control yourself and through that you can create more awareness about who you really are uh-huh. and and through spirituality we can actually become better people we can develop areas of the brain that deal with compassion with with um forgiveness with love and this is what the mindfulness tibetan monks were trying to tell us uh-huh. you know 
that through meditation you can do this. One of the problems with meditation these days, um, and why is and there's another piece of work that I'm trying to achieve through this is that a lot of mindfulness has lost its real message and meaning. A lot of people in the mindfulness world are, are almost preaching you to um, accept the world as it is, yeah. you know, and to go inwards to to become almost numb to all of the things that's going on in society. No, that's not what meditation was about. It's not about forgetting and 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 uh, dissolving into nothingness so that uh, the world doesn't matter anymore. It's not about escaping. Actually, really, it's about becoming a renegade. It's becoming somebody who can use this meditative state to really understand, to listen to the heart and listen to the gut and listen to the whole brain and really listen to what is going on in the world and how can I become a problem solver? How can I become creative? How can I think outside the box to solve the world's problems? We're going through a, a serious crisis in humanity right now. If we, you know, in terms of the environment, in terms of, the, you know, just conflicts that are going on, religious conflicts. And if we, if we have this mindfulness approach that's being pushed around, um, we're going to be ignoring the challenges that we're going to face. And actually what we need to all become now is renegades. We need to look at what are the things in the systems that we can actually change or are there new systems we can create um, to make this world better. And yeah. I, I like to use meditation for that tool for, you know, actually thinking outside the box rather than forgetting um, all the worries and problems. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that, uh, you know, I want to bring this sort of full circle to, to kind of wrap things up. Um, I'm wondering if you could kind of walk us through a practical application of this. Is that possible to do while somebody is just listening to this? So let, let's say, for example, we want to deal with something, you know, probably many people who are listening to this have had issues with or are common or are familiar with is, is depression or anxiety, like one of the two. I think that, uh, you know, it, like I jokingly say, like, I think this is, you know, doing this podcast is like a, you know, 10 year course in mental health. Uh, for me, it has been. Anyways. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, are there things that like you and I could go through as an example right now that people would be able to apply immediately? Yes, 100%. Okay. So, there have actually been um, studies been done, okay, um, that shows the how your heart rate relates to your emotions, okay, and by measuring your heart rate variability, okay, your HRV, actually you can determine how resilient you are to stress. The more resilient you are to stress, um, usually represents more balanced moods, being um, more in a balanced emotional state. Okay, which is a good thing to have. So what's breathing rate? So rate of breath is how many times you breathe in and out per minute, your inhale and exhale. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when you breathe in for the same length of time as you breathe out, okay, because you, when you breathe in, you stimulate the sympathetic nervous system and you breathe out, you stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. You actually bring those two sides of the nervous system into balance. The sympathetic is your action, your, your, your doing side of the, the nervous system. It's what creates the digestive fire. It's what um, gets you to do stuff. It's what produces energy. The parasympathetic is your rest and digest mode, okay? And your parasympathetic is what you want to be in if you want to go to sleep, you want to digest your food, you want to rest, you want your immune system to help you heal. That's what you want to be. But um, you don't want to be too sympathetic dominant you don't want to be too parasympathetic dominant. If you're too parasympathetic dominant, you're going to become lazy. And actually, extreme parasympathetic dominance can be associated with apathy, which is the lowest emotional state associated with depression. Uh -huh. And high sympathetic dominance can often relate to um, where you're stressed out, you're burnt out, your, your adrenaline is being produced too much, and you start to produce cortisol which causes constriction and high blood pressure of your heart, of your arteries and your blood vessels. And that can lead to like metabolic syndrome. And all that. So ideally what we want to be is balanced. Okay. We want to be in a balance. And if you go off balance, okay. If your moods become erratic, usually your breathing, because your breathing and your, your thoughts are so linked, your breathing becomes erratic. So when your breathing becomes erratic, because your breathing 
patterns directly influences your heart, your heart becomes erratic in the way that it's beating. Now, when, when you um, breathe in, as I said, you breathe in, your heart rate goes up a bit. When you breathe out, your heart rate goes down a bit. Okay. If you breathe erratically, it means your heart rate goes up and down erratically as well. And this means you have an incoherent heart rhythm. However, by breathing in and out at the same rhythm, okay, to a groove, okay, and I call this breathing beats, and that's why I've made this music and these meditations where it's perfectly timed to a beat, you actually create this state called coherence. These amazing scientists, HeartMath, they actually um, did a lot of studies on this, okay? Mm. And there's been many studies done in uh, and published in like uh, certain journals uh, on our website, you can actually see all the of the studies that have been published. Um, there are actual uh, optimal breathing patterns to create this state of coherence very quickly. And what that does, because actually every function in your body is rhythmical. So when you um, breathe in a rhythm, all the other functions in your body are subservient to the rhythm of your breath. Okay. Now, these are the rhythms like your infradium, ultradium, and circadian rhythms. So your wake-sleep cycle, your hormonal cycles, your metabolic cycles, your even the menstrual cycle in women, they're all rhythmical. They're all based on cycles. Now, if these cycles go out of sync, that's when you start to get disease. So when you do rhythmic breathing, even if it's just for five to 10 minutes a day, is enough to bring you into a balance. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... This is it. So if you were just to create a beat, like if you just tap your finger uh-huh. like this, you can hear that. Yeah. Can you hear that uh-huh. beat? So if you just count and you breathe in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. Now that's... Now, you're probably just breathing in like this. No, so what you need to make, to ensure that you're doing the rhythmic breathing is you need a smooth, consistent breath. Mm -hmm. So you breathe in from your nose and you breathe into your belly. Okay, so your belly rises first, then your chest. You breathe in with the smooth, consistent breath. So you're breathing as much of the air in as possible. You're making like the sound of an ocean wave. And then when you breathe out, you breathe out from your mouth. But you let it out gently and smoothly so there's no pause between your inhale and exhale. So you're breathing in almost like an ocean wave like this. So I'll do it with the beat. If you just do that for a few minutes, and if you were to measure your heart rate variability and you get a coherence monitor, so you can get these apps, measure your heart coherence, um, you'll notice that you're you're going to coherence very quickly, especially if you put set an intention, put an intention of like gratitude or or some just like visualizing something you love, love to do. And you bring it to the area of your heart and you feel and you embody that feeling as though it's happening right now, as though you're doing whatever it is you love or whatever you're grateful for right now. And you do that breathing pattern, you quickly go into this coherent state. This is known as yogic breathing. Yogic breathing and breathing before you do any kind of yoga, you would do some form of rhythmic breathing. Some people do it with alternative nostrils, breathing in from your left, out for your right. But the simplest thing is to breathe in both nostrils and breathe out from your mouth in a rhythm, smooth rhythm. We have all this music. We have actually a, a daily dose, which takes you through this. And after about five, five, six minutes of rhythmic breathing, what happens is it charges you up. Okay. Cause what happens is you're breathing in oxygen, you're breathing out carbon dioxide at faster rate than you normally do. What that does, is it changes the pH of your blood slightly longer. Your carbon dioxide is what triggers you to breathe again, okay? 
So it's not the oxygen, it's the carbon dioxide levels that triggers your brain to tell you you need to breathe. So what happens is when you breathe out all the carbon dioxide through rhythmic breathing, okay, because when you breathe out, you breathe out carbon dioxide, it allows you to hold your breath for longer. Now, this is a yogic hack for meditation because the understanding is that when you breathe, you create thoughts. And when you hold your breath with no air in the lungs on your exhale, it's the point where no thought occurs. You go into this very deep state because you're at the point where there's absolutely no air in the lungs. Okay, there's no breath. And it's the expiration point. So they say that when you breathe, when you were born, you inspire, and when you die, you expire. Okay. And you go in back into to nothingness. So by just dropping down into a very peaceful, relaxed state on the exhale and holding your breath, when you hold your breath, okay, you actually go into this very deep meditative state. And it is this state where, and this no mind state, where you actually can reprogram the subconscious mind using mantra meditation or self-affirmation, self-hypnosis, and actually rhythmic breathing as well. When you breathe in a rhythm, it's like you're hypnotizing yourself. So um, you're, if you imagine your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, by breathing in a rhythm, you actually could start to bring your, you charm the, the subconscious mind with your rhythm, rhythmic breathing. And then you can consciously program, like a hypnotist plants suggestions into the subjects. You can do this to yourself. So in that very deep meditative state, you can use visualization techniques. You can use like mantras or affirmations to reprogram the thoughts, or you can just go into that very peaceful state of no mind. And this is this, this state of like meditation where it's like pressing defrag on your hard mm-hmm. disk. So you imagine like throughout the day, you have so many thoughts and your brain is just like a, your mind is just like an operating system and it gets cluttered every now and then. So by pressing um, defrag on your hard disk, you can reassemble the thought files and you can get this new sense of clarity and it can give your brain more of a chance to reassemble the thought files. Okay, It's almost like having a power nap mm-hmm. as well. So you know how good you feel after a power nap. Well, this is a very quick way of getting that same, same feeling. And what it also does, if you get really good at this and the way we, we, we teach you how to do this in SOMA, um, you can actually hold your breath so long that you go beyond this point known as the beyond the comfort zone. It's called Nishesha Rachaka in uh, Pranayama. And this beyond the comfort zone means that you create a state called intermittent hypoxia. When you um, uh, trigger intermittent hypoxia, what's happening is you're lowering the oxygen levels for a brief period of time. Okay. When you lower the oxygen levels for a brief period of time, your body adapts to having less than normal oxygen. So it actually becomes stronger and it prepares you for having less oxygen. So you produce more red blood cells, your blood vessels dilate, and you can even wake up dormant parts of the brain because you get fresh blood and capillaries waking up in the brain in areas that haven't been used because the brain is an organ that needs a lot of oxygen. So if you cut off the supply for a bit, it like forces it to adapt and to, to open up new, new pathways in the brain. And it's this combination of rhythmic breathing, breath retention, this positive stress response that actually can be a, a very, very powerful um, remedy for anxiety, for depression, and these low mood states. Because the rhythmic breathing brings you back into balance. The Going into meditation helps clear the clutter of the brain. A lot of anxiety is because you're not spending enough time reflecting and allowing the thought files to, to just relax, right? And um, so then the positive stress response, what it does is it actually helps you physiology to get stronger, okay, to get um, uh, your nervous system to strengthen. And it's this combination of things that actually can help alleviate depression and bring your moods back into balance. Mm. So we actually have a lot of people who have suffered from anxiety and depression who have received quite a lot of benefits wow. from that. Wow. Yeah. 
And there's a lot to yeah, take in. Yeah, it's, a lot uh, to take. This, is, this has been really amazing. Yeah. Like, there's so much stuff that you packed into this that uh, I will have to probably go back and, and re-listen to it multiple times. So uh, I want to finish with uh-huh. uh, one final question, which is how we finish all of our interviews at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Well, actually, I, I would say it's very subjective, firstly. Like, so there's no one answer for this, but from my, my perception, um, what really makes me, uh, see things that really stand out and catch my attention is when I've seen somebody really devote, become devotional to the mastery of one single talent, like where they've gone so deep on one area that they've created, um, a masterpiece out of it whether that masterpiece is really a masterpiece is very subjective right. but to me like there's certain um like musicians and stuff who've created unmistakable masterpieces mm. and i think it's because they they really put in a lot of time and effort into making that it's not something you're born with um immediately you know some people have certain talents that they definitely have ingrained into them from a young age but i think everyone i know who's extremely successful and good and talented worked for it they worked they put in the effort they put in the hours they put in the time they put in the dedication and they they were very good at self-discipline self self-discipline is key and not getting distracted by by the things that take you off your yeah. passion but that really requires you to 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 know what it is that makes you tick, like what's your element. And, you know, and that's, I think that's one of the quests. Um, I think children should be really um, geared into finding out what that is from a young age rather than leaving it till it's too late. Amazing. Uh, Well, I can't thank you enough for taking (laughs) the time to join us and uh, share your story and your insights with our listeners. This has been great. Where can people find out more about you, your work and everything else that you're up to? Sure. Um, I think uh, the best place would be somabreath.com. And you can actually go to forward slash awaken and you can find out um, about our, uh, uh, there's a webinar that basically teaches you everything that I just said in a lot more concise way with examples and explanations and links to studies. So you know that I'm not just making this stuff up. And and you can get a taste of this uh, for free. Um, so somabreath.com is very self-explanatory on there. Uh, you can also become an instructor. So we we have like over 180 instructors around the world. It's growing fast and you can actually become a breathwork instructor. It's a very new emerging um, kind of a modality that people are really like latching onto now. Because breath is everything. It's the foundation of life and energy and moving energy. And then there's also my actual blog, the renegadepharmacist.com, which is where I um, put all of my resources, all of my uh, health hacks and techniques and uh, studies and shopping lists and things like that for people who may have an interest in improving their life and their health. Yeah. So that's probably the best place. Awesome. Oh, and Instagram as well, the underscore renegade underscore pharmacist. Awesome. Great. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World, and this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.